Super Talk Mississippi media production. 500 sort of record of the football team. Was it too much exposure through cable TV and Facebook and all the ways you can now watch football? What What do you think has produced the decline? Can I select D, all the above? Well, I, I think maybe that – I thought that would be the answer, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's where we're at. I think it's – you know, it's a culmination of things. I do think that, you know, in college athletics, especially in football, we kind of got what we asked for, and that was these great uh, television deals that, that added revenue, right, to people's uh, revenue streams through their conference television deals. But what happened was, you know, it's really difficult for us to compete with a 70-inch – flat screen and and uh, your 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 uh, recliner uh, and and drinks in the fridge and food on the table it's just really difficult to and you can flip through and watch six or seven eight games you know throughout over the course of the afternoon and so I think that's a huge piece of it so we have to be able to create an environment that um, begins to at least I won't say mirror that but at least I think compete with that and so when you talk about um, the sale of, of beer and light wine, is, is it uh, to help increase ticket sales? That's part of it. I think we really have to start with kind of our in-game experience and environment and trying to create an opportunity for everybody to have, um, you know, have have something they want or need or, or can latch on to within our environment. And so uh, I think it's a lot of things have caused the decline. Uh, I think we consume things differently than we did before. We talk about the generation of students that are coming through now and how they consume information and, and, and how they watch even uh, television shows or, or whatever the case may be. It, it's completely different. And so there was a time when you could sell a seat to a, to a game. All you needed was your ticket and a seat. You'd sit there for three or four hours and watch the game. And, uh, and some of us would still do that, but there's not enough people who are willing to do that for, for uh, you know, attendance to, to – um, stay stagnant or improve. And so that's where we find ourselves. So for us, it's about continuing to try to find new ways to engage people and create an environment that they can feel good about getting up and leaving home and, and making the effort to come to our venue and, and be a part of what we're trying to do. Well, I'm sure because you're a really smart guy, and I, I know that you knew when you made this decision there was going to be some division of opinion about it. Sure. When did you start looking at this and what was the final thing that made you go in this direction? Well, you know, uh, I, we began looking at it this summer, you know, early on, and, and it's not a conversation to be had just, you know, in my office. There were a lot of people involved in the conversation, pros and cons, and what does it mean for us, and, you know, long term, what does it look like? You know, but for me, I think it began um, – a couple things for me. Number one, my past four years, I've been at Troy University, and, and we had beer sales there. And so I had firsthand experience of, you know, what some of the challenges are, uh, what it what it looks like, what it, what it kind of means to your overall environment. Um, I think part of it, too, was, you know, just, uh, yes, I knew there would be some people who wouldn't be in favor of it, and I completely understand and respect that. Um, but as you look around the country, you know, over the past four weeks, Every day, someone has made an announcement that they're going to add, begin to offer beer uh, in their venue. And so, you know, it's not that we want to do what everybody else is doing, but I think as pe- people are doing that for some of the same reasons we are, and that's that's to provide amenities that people want. It's not for everybody, and, and, and you know, and everybody doesn't have to go stand in line to get to get a drink. 
Um, but there are a lot of people out there who that's something they desire for their experience is to be able to go buy a beer and, and have that at the game. And so, so that's really kind of what drove the decision making process was there was enough, I think, momentum in favor for it that it made sense for us. Well, I'll tell you what, Coach McLean, I, you got a lot of guts, because right? I think it's, it's natural. It's the natural human reaction when you're new to something as you were to this job, not to rock the boat. You know, so to speak, that's that natural human tendency. But for you to make this decision uh, took a lot of guts. One of the concerns. Well, I don't. Let me let me let me comment real quick. And okay. I'll take the second part of that question. Uh, I appreciate you saying that. I think, um, but you know, I'm just a big believer that if you continue to do the same thing over and over, you're going to get the same result. And so, Amen. whether I've been on the job for one month or one year or five years, you know, that always is going to hold true. And so, it wasn't an easy decision. In some regards, but I think it was the right decision. And, and you mentioned that you have that you have experience, you know, having implemented this at Troy. One of the concerns that the naysayers have, the, the most consistent thread of concern, was you have a student body where a lot of them are not old enough to drink, and there's a concern of well, you're going to have um, people who legally can drink buying beer for those that that can't legally drink, and a lot of entanglements that can come up. I'm I'm sure you guys thoroughly researched all that, and you have experience. Could you fill yeah. in some blanks along those lines for those yeah. folks? There are some systems in place to help avoid all those things. Number one, our our police department was heavily involved in the conversation and laid out a full plan before we even begin to move forward on how they would monitor many things, but especially how they would monitor our student section. And, and so when you go up to and stand in line to get a drink, if you're a student who's over 21, um, or anyone for that matter, you're, you're going to be ID'd every time, first of all. Uh, the first time you go through, you're going to get a wristband put on you that's very visible and can be seen easily. And so as our security officers monitor the student section, it's going to be pretty easy to point out someone who turns up a drink and doesn't have a wristband on. Mm. And so they'll address that issue as it, as it happens. And, and uh, you know, I'm sure the first time they'll give a, a warning, but um, beyond that, people will be asked to leave the venue. But so we, we do have a plan in place. Uh, it's even more extensive than that, but that's kind of the Cliff Notes version of it. And uh, I completely understand the concern about, about young people who shouldn't have it, uh, having access to it. And, and, you know, the other piece of that is someone can, can go and stand in line. You can only buy two, two drinks at a time. And so there are safety measures and, guard, and, and, and uh, safeguards in place to help us create the right time and type of environment. But our police department is going to be very proactive in trying to address those issues we know might slip through the cracks. And, and we're going into a commercial break here in a second, but it, it should also be noted that beer sales and all that will end at the end of the third quarter. So Correct. you won't be able to into the fourth quarter. But but one of the big things that's not being talked about is the quote unquote two dollar menu at the concession right. stand. That, we want to get on that because that's yeah. a big deal. We've got Jeremy McLean on the Eagle Hour. Uh, he's willing to stick around for a second segment. We're grateful for that. Going to continue our conversation, and we have uncovered some information about the new athletic director that we don't think a lot of Southern Miss fans know about. Uh oh. We're going to talk about <laughs> that as right. well when we come back. <laughs> You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
And welcome back to the Eagle Hour, everybody. Glad you're with us this afternoon. Bob Kelly, Luke, and Dalton from the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg. Appreciate First Bank and all they do for the Eagle Hour. Quick reminder, Eagle Hour is now streaming across the world. Kelly Santer on the Internet. I know you don't have a clue how to find it, but Esquire here was showing me before we went on the air. It's every, it was in my phone. It's everywhere. And all this because of Al Gore. Uh, well, we have Al Gore. Maybe to- we get him on the show with <laughs> This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. Uh, our buddies down on Hardy Street have the best selection of Southern Miss apparel you'll find anywhere. And if you're listening in other parts of Mississippi today and you can't get to the Berg this weekend and you want something new, maybe for football next weekend, you can go to CampusBookmart.net. We're talking to Jeremy McLean, the athletic director at Southern Miss. We're going to get Luke here in just a second, uh, Mr. McLean. One more question about the beverage thing, and then we'll move on. Safe to say this will extend, uh, or is it not, to basketball and baseball? Um, Here's what I'll tell you. I I think we want to do that. If if it all goes well, and we anticipate that it will, let me remind everybody, too, that this is going to begin as a second home game on September 28th, not not August 31st. Um, So September 28th is football. That will begin. But uh, I think every facility is a little bit different. Every facility has its challenges. But our plan would be to try to expand that to – Reed Green and, and, and to Pete Taylor Park, um, but but we're not quite there yet. Okay. Luke? Jeremy, thanks for uh, for being on today. And, and we do want to mention the fact, it seems like just the, the, the total package uh, with the students, with the families, and uh, with what we've already discussed is, is the attempt, as, as we've pushed for, fill up the rock five times uh, with 30,000. Just to be honest, people look at the schedule and they see five home games, and it seems like you guys have tried to uh, do your best with the, the, the loss of a home game so far this year, just to beef it up overall holistically for the entire fan base. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think um, I think you hit on a couple things there. Number one, I, moving forward, I, my desire is for us to always have six home games. Um, I'm not saying we won't ever have a situation where uh, maybe it's out of our control or something happens to change that, but our, our scheduling philosophy is going to be for us to have six home games every year. But it is, you know, it's an intentional effort for us to try to create opportunities in our venue that, that – uh, you know the different customers, if you will, can can uh, be excited about whether it's our students, whether it's families, whether it's you know uh, just a fan who's coming to watch the game, uh, our premium areas, whatever it may be. We want to have something for everyone, and uh, you know I'm going to be the first to say we're not perfect. We're probably going to swing and miss on a few things, but it's not going to be for lack of effort. We're going to try some different things, and we're going to try to put some things out there that. People may tell, get our feedback maybe that, that people aren't as excited about it, but it's not going to be, you know, there's not going to be a lack of effort on our part for trying to create an experience that people can enjoy. And uh, so we're excited about that. I think, uh, I think you know, like you said, the schedule kind of lines up. We put focus in different areas. And not only are we going to try to improve that in the stadium, but there's going to be some things coming out here soon uh, before the game, pregame type stuff that, you know, we're, we're trying to also improve uh, the opportunities with tailgate um, and and just that complete game day experience, and so uh, again, it won't be lack of effort if uh, if we miss on something, but we are doing our best to try to create an opportunity for everybody. Well, we've we've heard of the McDonald's dollar menu. Now now uh, the Rock is going to have a two dollar menu. Yeah, yeah, really excited about that. And I'll tell you guys, that was a that's a tough. Um, I, I am excited about it. It's a tough situation because what you get into there. Um, our, our budgets, right? And you've got a revenue stream there that you're, you, you kind of know what it's going to be based on history. You begin to start cutting prices on a revenue stream, and then you have to be very careful about where that puts you. 
But we just felt strongly that um, for our fans, this is something we needed to be able to do. And so I'm, I'm, I'm kind of uh, it's a little bit of the roll of the dice from the standpoint of my, I anticipate people spending more money uh, or buying more items, I should say, at concessions, us getting more people into our venues and being to long term. Uh, that to be a, a very positive revenue stream for us. But regardless of whether we were um, taking a little bit of a hit, it was what we needed to do for our fans. And, 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 and so at the end of the day, it, it, you know, it was a decision that we felt real strongly about. Luke, you're pretty fired up about those $2 hot dogs, aren't you? Hey, I got I got it figured up. I can get a hamburger, a Coke, and a popcorn for six bucks. I mean that you can't beat that anymore. I was telling too, some no SEC doubt. guys that the other day, and <laughs> they were like, "Wow, J- Jeremy." I do want to mention this because uh, ask you this because you mentioned it with scheduling. Uh, previous athletic directors had kind of laid out to us a general scheduling philosophy. Uh, they wanted to do an in-state or a, a close swag team uh, for revenue purposes. It's so important we we have a Sun Belt team for recruiting, and then you you know you take on a couple big boys. Uh, without, you know, you don't have to show all your cards, and I'm not asking you to do that. But generally, is that a kind of a scheduling philosophy uh, going forward? It is. Uh, I think it'll, it'll, I won't know if, I don't know if it'll mirror that, but it'll be very close to that. I think each year we're going to play one guarantee game to, to um, make our budget work, um, and we're going to play one home game against an FCS opponent, preferably somebody close that, uh, you know, we can, we can draw a great crowd. And then we're going to play two games, home-home matchups, whether that be Sun Belt, whether it be uh, Kentucky like we did a few years ago or Mississippi State with a home-and-home. And so we're going to do our best to have six, like I said, six home games. And it's going to look like that. It's going to be uh, FCS, one guarantee game, and then two what I would say kind of appears from a home-and-home standpoint. Do the guarantee games always mean the SEC, or is there some possibility you could go to the Big 12 and play an Oklahoma or an yeah. Oklahoma State? Yeah, I think those are things we're considering. We actually have an announcement um, that'll be coming soon. Where, uh, and I think we already announced one of them actually, but some ACC opponents that we're gonna we're gonna be going to play. Um, what we want to do is try to make it as regional as we can because I, I, I want our fans to be able to drive to those games, be able to get in the car and go to those games if possible. That doesn't happen every year, uh, but I definitely think um, you know the Big Twelve is is uh, is an option. The Big Ten is an option for us, so we're gonna. We're going to continue to explore that. I don't think it has to mean the SEC. I think people kind of gravitate to the SEC, quite honestly, because um, because in the past they've um, they've written the bigger checks. I don't think uh, there's a different way heard, to say yeah. that. I mean, they 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 are they're kind of at the top end of the market. So right. you just balance trying to make your budget work. Uh, if you're going to go play one of those games, you need to make sure it's you know it's worth it. And um, and so that's kind of why people have gravitated to some of the SEC. Well, they have money to burn, Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently. Coach, one of, the, one of the questions I have, and this is kind of the elephant in the room sometimes, is, is the fin- how would you describe the financial health of the overall athletic department at Southern Miss? And this particularly goes out to the, the lackadaisical kind of fan. That um, yeah. I just wanted to get your view on that. Yeah, so the overall, here's what I would tell you. Uh, we're, we're behind uh, our peers, especially when it comes to conference, uh, from a conference standpoint, because we really have um, stood still for, for several years, and that's, that's dangerous. Uh, but here's what I'll tell you. The overall kind of health of our uh, department, I would say, is improving. Uh, we are headed in a positive direction. We've had positive things happen here over, I'd say, the last 12 months from a revenue standpoint and support standpoint. 
but we've got a long way to go. And, and so everybody who's a part of what we're doing is critically important to us. And, and um, the people who are supporting us through the Eagle Club and, and, and in other ways, buying season tickets, those are our two largest revenue streams. And so um, people who are doing that, uh, people who maybe have drifted away, we need to get them back. Uh, that's really, really important to us to be able to not only continue to improve our health as a department financially, but get to a point where we can do some things we really need to do uh, to be at the top of Conference USA and then open doors for whatever may be beyond that. All right, Jeremy. I, I got two minutes left. I, I want yes, every Southern Miss listener around the state of Mississippi <laughs> to hear what I'm about to say. Our new athletic director played baseball at Delta State from 1996 through 99, and I'm a Delta State fan, having lived in Greenville a long time. But I got to tell you, Jeremy, I've learned you just weren't the average baseball player at Delta State. Let me read this. You're a three-time All-Gulf South Conference selection, ABCA All-Regional Selection two years, ABCA South Central Regional Pitcher of the Year in 99, ABCA All-American in 1999. You hold five Delta State records, including most starts, most wins, most strikeouts, most innings pitched. You hold the Gulf South Conference record for most starts and victories. You were 45-9 and as a pitcher. You were 15-0 and as a senior. And this is the most impressive. You are ranked number two all-time in NCAA Division II history and number one all-time in Gulf South Conference history with 45 victories in four years on the pitcher's mound. Well... So what do you I appreciate you sharing that? I think. Um, so, so what are you doing as an athletic director? So, so, so here's yeah, my well. question: Do you have any eligibility left, and is Coach Barry aware of this, Jeremy? Well, I'll tell you what: I, I, I played as long as they would let me play, and, and eventually they they told me it was time to to hang them up. But um, you know, I, I take great pride in uh, growing up as a baseball guy, and, and a lot of lessons learned, especially at Delta State, in a great program. But what I, I, I will say this, and I mean it, I'm not trying to deflect. I played on some really, really great teams at Delta State with really, really great teammates. So it gave me a chance to, to, to get to a point where I could hold some records and, and do some special things. But um, wouldn't trade that experience for anything in the world. Um, it's a huge part of who I am today. And uh, Delta State's a special place, and that's a special program. It's a fantastic baseball program. There's no question about that. And now we know... Our athletic director. Or as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. Number two all time in Division II history with a number of wins. Right, well, congratulations. And look, yeah. thanks so much for being on the show, Jeremy. We well, really appreciate, appreciate what you guys time. do. Absolutely. Thanks right, for having me. A, appreciate what y'all do. Have a good day. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Glad you're with us on the Eagle Hour this afternoon. Bob Getty, Kelly Santer, and Dalton Esquire here in the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson, 
the famous Luke Johnson at the First Bank Studios in Laurel. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill, where the boys will be next Friday, a week from tomorrow at 4th Street Bar and Grill. The day before the game. The day before the game. Uh, Luke and Kelly will be down at 4th Street. Great place to enjoy lunch every day. Great place to go entertain yourself in the evening, uh, enjoy a cold beer, play some pool, enjoy the memorabilia everywhere. And Kelly, how much is lunch at the... Uh, that's a, it's funny you ask yeah, that, Bob. Yeah. It's eight ninety five, and that includes your drink. That's a pretty good deal. Sweet tea, you know, whatever. Pretty good deal. Oh, yeah. And, and portions, big portions for us big boys. Great place, 4th Street Bar and Grill. And I hate I'm not going to be there, but I know the guys are, are looking forward to being there next Friday. All right, Luke, we got one of our favorite play-by-play guys on the phone with us. I'll let you do the intro. Football uh, starts up tomorrow in uh, in Mississippi. I'll be calling some high school football tomorrow night. I have uh, done my best in my short play-calling career to try to emulate this guest. J.P. Heath, uh-huh. the voice of the Rice Owls, one of our favorite guests on the Eagle Hour. What's up, man? You are setting a low bar, but thank you very much. <laughs> Doing well. Well, we uh, we appreciate you coming on today. We look at Rice last year, two and eleven, and uh, you know we were talking a few weeks ago about the uh, 2013 Southern Miss season. Won their last game, and that kind of propelled momentum for the program. You won your first game, but you beat Old Dominion in your last game. Coach Bloomgren's uh, second year. What have what have things been going on in Houston? You mentioned it. Uh, that last game really was a catalyst. Sometimes that kind of the talk of a program oh yeah sure whatever you only won two games but if they lost that one it would not have been that as solid a feeling i mean so young 40 new guys coming this year still unofficial uh designation of the quarterback wiley green i think you'll get the quarterback but there's still a few other guys that are kind of chomping at his bit uh we got a couple harvard transfers on offense um three offensive linemen transferring in so trying to get that mix in the defense like most programs i'm sure is that way at southern miss or all across mississippi for a a team that you're wondering about the defense usually head of the offense so right now i mean it's positive but a really tough schedule to start for rice uh first uh four you can even say six games in the the second six uh i think you can see a different rice team yeah, it's pretty wild. You got to start with Army, but and then you get Wake Forest, Texas, and Baylor. We should say all of those are in Houston. If there's one thing about this Rice team, you play one game in the Texas Stadium, but you got seven games in Houston this year. Yeah, it's it's great every time you can play up or a team like Texas, uh, Baylor. Some recent history played them a few times. Uh, last year played Wake Forest, Army. It's so. So good, um, fundamentally sound on both sides, and uh, Coach Munkin having a a team that is um, maybe better than they were last year. A team that won eleven games. So that first, if we can get through that first half of the schedule, relatively unscathed, I think they they could make a a bowl push. That's uh, the uh, total. I'm a positive guy. That's the total uh, ceiling I think for the team, and that's not a bad ceiling to put on a team like this, but. Uh, I think they could at least double their win total from last year, and that would be moving in the right direction. JP, one of the things uh, that people, maybe Conference USA outsiders looking in don't realize is the tough academic standards that Rice has, which certainly limits its ability to to necessarily recruit the athletes that they might want to go after. I mean, when you've got guys jumping ship at Harvard (laughs) – 
<laughs> to, to go to yeah. rice, you know. I mean, that's a, that's a pretty tough sell, you know. Yeah, this age of free agency in college football, Rice taps in. Uh, in addition to the Harvard guys, uh, they've got a couple Stanford transfers too. So it's it's amazing. It's uh, I know we've talked a lot uh, coming up to baseball season, but I've never ceased to be amazed about those quality of of students they get. I mean, they're potential doctors, lawyers, a lot of engineers. It's a popular baseball major too, but. Uh, that doesn't take away from how bad they want to win, though. I, I preface all that to say, yeah, they're, they're great kids and they're high academic, but still they want to win uh, more than anybody. Let me make it clear, JP, that the the crew on the Eagle Hour will not debate any members of the football team <laughs> or engage in any sort of academic competition. So let's just let's just throw that out there now, okay? Neither will I. Neither okay. will I, trust me. Well, your coach comes from Stanford. He's a smart guy. Yeah, Mike Bloomgren, he yeah. was the GA, uh, NFL too at the Jets, uh, whatever the GA equivalent is in the NFL. I'm forgetting on the spot, but he uh, is tied closely to Coach Shaw, and um, he's got he's, – he's amazing. I mean, just getting to know him last year and really just talking to him kind of not even in the interview since yesterday after practice, just really amped up. It's physical. He has the hashtag intellectual brutality. I mean, it's – spread everywhere else across the nation but rice is ground and pound he wants to what's his phrase it's always um uh, pound the rock control the clock play great defense and he, he's starting to show a lot of that too he's, he's such a great guy to work with here's what i read from the athlon review of rice and jp you can give me your input here this is okay. a really talented young team a lot of really young talented kids you could be pretty dynamic offensively and, and things just seem to be on the up at Rice with football. I think so. Uh, that's fair. To be more specific, I'd say on the linebacker side, they're really deep. Uh, I've gotten to know linebackers coach uh, Scott Destel pretty well. He's one of the holdovers from Coach Bayless' staff, and he just loves uh, the linebacking core. Uh, D-line was hurt. We had a couple transfers, but they've got a lot of young defensive linemen. I think they'll have to work. Uh, to get the offensive line going. That's what's tough about this tough early schedule is we, I'm a big fella, too. I heard one of y'all saying, hey, you're a big guy, but, I mean, you've got to have that line going. And maybe by that Southern Miss game at the close of that second third of the season, the line will be a lot better for Golden Eagles fans to look at. But, um, yeah, I mean, you have to have a dude at quarterback, and I don't think Wiley Green is that dude yet. They've got depth in the backfield, but – you just got to bring it all together. They were better than I thought they'd be last year, and I think that'll be the case uh, this year, too. They'll be a lot better. JP, it's always a pleasure to have you on our show. You've been on a lot, and uh, that's because we keep asking you to come back, and <laughs> I can assure you we'll be doing that again in the near future. Yeah, most people hey, any- most people say no when we ask them to come. Right, so we're very grateful to you, JP. <laughs> Anytime. God bless. Go out. Appreciate it. All right, guys. JP Heath, everybody. Play-by-play voice of Ryan. One of the nicest guys, Luke, we've ever met since we started doing this show. I'm sure you agree. Yeah, we uh, we missed him a little bit at the uh, the conference tournament. Uh, he had some some family issues going on, but yeah, he's always a, a great dude and and I always appreciate it. You know, you you talk about Rice football the way it's been and and for the last few years, but they are on, on the up. But I tell you what, man, you look at this schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of, I'm kind of in, not of the non conference, uh, but but the envious. You get 
La Tech at home, Southern Miss at home, Marshall at home, and North Texas at home. You're on the road against UTEP, Middle Tennessee, UTSA. UAB will be a tough uh, game over in Birmingham. But, I mean, their first four out of five games are at home. And so that's why when you look at a 2-11 and Rice team, you may say there's absolutely zero way that they make a bowl this year. Man, they're playing at home, and, so, and, and their mm-hmm. toughest games are at home also. I would expect them maybe to pull one, maybe two of those they should lose off into the win column. Uh, yeah, and Kelly – Starting out with Army, that's brutal. Man, Army is a Army is a machine under Coach Munkin, and that's Jeff Munkin, who's Todd's right, cousin. Right, so they're that, very good. Yeah, they get to talk a little little football acumen in the in the Munkin family. Well, what a job! I mean, to, to go to to go to the West Point Military Academy. Where let's be honest, kids didn't come there to play football; they came there to be officers of the Army. To build the kind of program and team that that guy has built at Army is pretty phenomenal. But again, it's it's that old pound, you know, the old style of as as big a tradition as Army is, so is the style, you know, right. that Army plays. And then you have Wake Forest, and then Texas, and then Baylor. That's a pretty brutal. Well, and and look at and Rice schedules a lot of the uh, the tough uh, academic school. You know, Army's not a not right. an easy academic school either. Right. You know, Baylor is a is an academic um, powerhouse, and what was the one right before Wake Forest? Right. Wake right. Forest, you got to be pretty brilliant to go to. So, Luke, when you were on the Southern Miss football team, did y'all get any transfers from Harvard? <laughs> Free agency hadn't happened yet; hadn't evolved into college football. <laughs> no, we did have. We had a couple guys. Uh, Ryan Watson came over from Southern Cal, um, and I think there was one more. Marcus Reigns came in. Of course, there was an issue with that, but Coach Bauer gave him a second chance, and he came in from Kansas State. There was one or two like that, but, I mean, it was it was nowhere near like, you know, just, oh, yeah, I just, for whatever reason, I'm going to enter the portal. I mean, mm-hmm. th- they're going to have to do a much better job on that, and I think recently in the last week or so the NCAA – uh, two weeks ago, the NCAA said said that, but not till they let Justin Fields go to Ohio State. They let other guys, you know, just for whatever reason, transfer out and and get accepted. Uh, but we, yeah, we did occasionally have guys, but I mean, it was nobody would play immediately. Everybody set out a year. You know, Louisiana Lafayette had a tight end earlier this week that announced he was leaving mm-hmm. uh, Lafayette to go to Ole Miss on, really? on, on the portal. Yeah. You know, uh, Jeremy was talking, sorry. To Kelly, about playing that one game on the road every year. It's big money. And a, it, I'm suggesting Iowa State, you get the big money and you're guaranteed to win. Yeah, but like he said, he, he then backtracked and said SEC writes the biggest check. Right. You know, and that's that's the bottom line, babe. Oh, that's right. And the previous I, I wanted to ask him, I was hoping that he had been in contact with somebody in Oxford, but who knows what they're thinking up there. They're not going to play Southern Miss in football. That's I can tell you that's what they're thinking. All right, when we get back, we'll uh, we'll talk a little bit about our conversation with uh, Jeremy on the Eagle Hour. segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by Gulfport Home Center located on Highway 49 in Gulfport. More room for you, more room for your family. Gulfport Home Center proud sponsor of the fourth segment 
of the Eagle Hour. Southern Miss Lady Eagles begin the season tonight in Columbus or Columbia, Missouri, taking on the uh, Missouri Tigers out of the SEC. Uh, Southern Miss defeated Mississippi State last Saturday, one to nothing. Dropped a two to one contest to LSU uh, the previous week. Uh, both of those were exhibition games. Uh, Missouri comes in tonight, uh, one and one in exhibition. And we should say this game is actually on the SEC Network Plus. I think that comes with ESPN Plus. So if you've got an ESPN Plus subscription at seven p.m. tonight, you can watch your Lady Eagles. Uh, on the SEC Network. So that's exciting, and we wish them, Coach Moe and the Lady Eagles, good luck as they officially begin the 2019 season tonight. Or maybe you can see it on SoundCloud or, or Google oh, Chrome. Uh, uh, where, where if you wanted to listen to this program, Esquire, could you do that maybe? Well, uh, like you said earlier, now you can listen to us live on supertalkhattiesburg.com or on supertalklaw.com. If you miss us during the fact, you can check us out on the iTunes podcast app, which you were checking out earlier. Uh, you can listen to us on Spotify, on your phone or your computer. You can listen to us on SoundCloud, on Stitcher, and the Google Play Music app. Wow. Wow. <laughs> oh, and now, actually, you mentioned oh, no. to me earlier, you can hear us on Amazon Alexa. Alexa. So Alexa, if, Kelly. If you have an Amazon Echo device at your house, or what I call them, the magic hockey pucks, you yeah. can just tell it to... Uh, I'm not doing that. Uh, I'm not doing <laughs> that. Kelly, it's I don't not... Want the, it, it, I don't want the... I don't want the government knowing what I'm listening to, so that's why Alexa's not in my life. And, and to clarify for Kelly, it's not the Alexa, the stripper that you knew from New Orleans. This is a technical device. That, oh, okay. Uh, I was going to yeah. say, what does she know? Right, it's a technical exactly. device, so it's even more confusing. <laughs> this is a family-friendly show, guys. Family-friendly. Uh, you know what I heard from Jeremy McLean that, that is the most encouraging thing I've heard in years? And you and I being old white guys, grumpy guys, we talk about this a lot. You know, you, if you just do the same old stuff every year, you know, you have the you know, the blackout, the whiteout game, and you know, the same old thing every year. The crowds get smaller and smaller. Nobody does anything different. How refreshing to hear the man in charge say, we're going to do things different. And we may fall on our face some, but we're going to move forward and we're going to do things different. Which is kind of what we've, and not believe me, we're not, we're not breaking our arms trying to pat ourselves on the back, but just logic would dictate if it's not working, we've right. got to right. try so something else. How refreshing is that to hear that? And, that's, uh, and it was refreshing for me, too, that he took the questions head on. Right. And a lot of those questions aren't very pleasant. You know, the financial, right. the financial stability of your program, how is it? You know, right, right. Um, and lots of people would have deflected that question or him hot around. But, man, he, he tackled it, uh, tackled it head on. And, and again, right or wrong, whether things work or whether they, did, they don't work, they've been they've been changing things up all summer long. And I think he summed it up best when he said it might not help. Things might not work, but it's not because we're not trying. And that's all you all can right. give people credit for is trying. You like hearing that, too, I'm going to assume, Luke. Yeah, I mean it's it's just it's positive. I mean, you feel like there's going to be some new ideas um, in there, and you feel like what I appreciate about what he said was, you know, we're going to strike out some, but what that means is is that they're thinking outside the box, and when you've got leadership in your athletic department like that, it, the fan base has to recognize it. And so here's the thing: um, I know it's your money, and I know it's your Saturday, and I know it's your time. 
But Southern Miss fans really this year could show the athletic department that they appreciate the outside-the-box maverick thinking that they're trying to pull off. And you should come to the Rockin' Droves, not just for the football team, not just because you should get your kids on campus, but you should appreciate and salute the athletic department in trying to serve you. And remember, you can get a hamburger, a Coke, mm-hmm. and a popcorn for six bucks yeah that's a we laugh about that but that's a big deal that's a big deal for a guy that brings his two kids to the ball game and when i you know at the basketball games last year you go to buy a coke a coke now one soft drink seven dollars i know and you feel like you're being ripped off let's be honest that's like going to the movie theater and paying 25 30 dollars but you but you got free refills y'all you got free refills last year that was an attempt to be a a little better and it really was like me and lauren got a coke and we drank you know probably uh, i had to you know compromise on the second round had to get a diet coke but at the same time i mean if you drink three if you drink three glasses uh, you basically saved eight bucks at five dollars a pop. So I mean, that's even last year with that attempt they tried. This year they they've really you know thrown it to the next level. Two bucks, I'm in though. Yeah, yeah. I might I might not even be hungry, but for two bucks, I'll buy, I'll buy two, a hot dog for two bucks. Yeah, right. You know, popcorn, nachos. I think are two bucks even. Yeah, oh, think, now we're talking. I, think, I didn't see anything was over three dollars. Yeah, hamburgers. I think the most expensive yeah. at three dollars. Yeah. So and and so you gotta and and he pretty much said. We have to make up in volume what we're giving up in price. Mm-hmm. So, but he said at those prices, you might be sitting at home saying, "I don't need to go out to the the mm-hmm. car at halftime to get food. I can just buy a burger yeah, or hot dogs right. there because and, and they're so reasonable." And by waiting for priced. the second game, they really do give themselves an entire month to get ready because there are three road games. So it's a month, literally, from the first game to the second home game. So, be interesting to see how it all works out. Again, I just I, I think it's great that they're, that they're hey Bob making sir. changes. How, how many uh, how many championships does Mississippi State have right now? Uh, I mean, national championships. How many? Zero, Luke. Zero. I wanted to hear how, one more. How many? How many? Zero. Zero. Like it. Zero. <laughs> we'll be back tomorrow at one o'clock. Southern Miss to the, to the top. top. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.